And take three. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Check Engine Podcast, the only podcast produced entirely by three winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award from the 2015 Salem's Six Hours of the Glen. This is episode five, guys. Whew, episode we made it. five, guys. Oh, I want burgers. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's almost like we're, we're kind of almost seasoned vets at this point. I hope so. <laughs> I hope we're hitting our stride. Yeah, I think after five, we can say we're uh, veteran podcasters now. Yeah, yeah. Better, I mean, yeah. we've we've done not our first rodeo. No, it's our fifth this, rodeo. It's effect. our fifth rodeo yeah. at this point. Um, we're not professionals. You know, we we don't write for any websites or magazines. We're just we're just dudes who love cars, right? That's fans. We're, we're just fans. We love cars. We love racing. Uh, we want to talk about that kind of stuff, and uh, we want all of you listeners to be a part of that discussion as well. Um, so you can reach out. You can comment. You can uh, like us and you can follow us. We are uh, we have our own email inbox now. New yeah. De- new development. Um, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. We'll get in touch with the podcast. But if there's a certain host that you have a particular issue with, you can just reach out by our name. So it's either Nick at checkenginepodcast.com or Tristan at checkenginepodcast.com or Andrew at checkenginepodcast.com. You can get us individually. We have our own website now. Oh, yeah. That's the new stuff. That's the new stuff. CheckEnginePodcast.com. You can find out about us, your hosts. Um, You'll have links to the episodes that we're recording here. Um, We're also going to try to get a blog going for you, hopefully once a week, once we get it up and running. Um, We'll kind of alternate who does it, right? Yeah, that was the plan, to kind of go between the three of us. And just little uh, articles, stuff that we weren't able to fit into the episode again, kind of like the spark plugs or... uh, New ideas, crazy rants, anything anything too crazy for the uh, show will go at the blog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Policy. So this should probably be mostly populated by Andrew, it oh, appears that, at this Okay, point. listen. Yep, all right. Next, That's uh, what it's gonna next be. thing, Nick. We, we, we are also, hey, hey, hey. Did you guys know we're on social media? Oh, man, we are. We're all over. We are so social. You can uh, you can find us on Facebook. We're at Check Engine Podcast. Um like us. If you don't like us, please share us anyway, because uh, you may have a friend who will like us. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at CheckEngine_Pod. There's no cast on the end of that. It's just at CheckEngine_Pod. Same goes for Instagram, at CheckEngine_Pod. Be sure to follow us on there as well. Just be a part of this discussion, folks. Just comment. Um, if you have any ideas for episodes that we could possibly use, we have some in the hopper, but we always like to hear from you guys. Um, reactions to the episodes we already have out there. Um, you can find the podcasts anywhere pods are cast, really. Um, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, Pocket Casts, or our home base is uh, anchor.fm slash checkenginepodcast. To my left, I've got Andrew. Behind the controls, I've got Tristan. Guys, what is on the agenda tonight? Yeah, I think we've got uh, a couple things we want to cover as far as evolution of uh, the podcast. We've got that all the way with some of the email. And we've got some kind of special events that are starting here. And we'll let Nick get to that in a little bit. Um, but then kind of our overall overall topic, I think, was was best described by you, Andrew. How did, how did we discuss this earlier? The topic for this week, um, we are going to talk about... Bumble for car owners. I call, I call it rumble. Rumble. <laughs> rumble. Is that worth a stop and hold, Andrew? 
I is it too I bad a joke? Can, I think we can let him go for now. He looks very innocent back behind there. Also, he actually controls the mute button, so we we need to figure out a new you way to, to do this. You to figure out how to mute me. Exactly. <laughs> I can reach across the table and take his microphone. He has uh, all the power right now, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Nick has all the arms. So <laughs> but I do have all the he arms. He could take my microphone if he wanted to. <laughs> Boop. It's gone. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, do we want to do a quick little round robin of news if anyone's got anything fun? Yeah, we always start off with a little bit of pace laps. Um, let's talk about what the neat car news. Andrew, I think you had a story for us <laughs> in, the neat, in the neat car news. I, I do have a story. Um, this last week I was passed on the road by an Audi A6. Tristan, uh, much like uh, your your dad's green one, this one was white. Um, that's not notable except for the fact that the car was on fire. It was literally on fire. Oh, my God. Burning as it was going down the road. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, it wasn't just steam. Like, you could see the flames coming out of the bottom of the car. And so he passed me and, like, ducked down a side street. And um, I really want to know what happened. Hey, if you used to drive an Audi A6, <laughs> get in touch with the podcast. Yeah, yeah so, you know, send us an email, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com, subject line, I used to drive a white Audi A6. I have no idea what, I mean, I kind of wanted to follow him, but I also had somewhere I wanted to be. So, you know, I, I, just a mystery there. He had to have known. Oh, he, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was smoke and steam coming up through the, um, you know, obviously around the sides of the car and then obviously through the hood. And there, I mean, it was full on. On fire. So do you think like that side street was home and he just ducked like, oh man, I'm home. I can get the hose <laughs> I've, I've, or something I've, like I've bundled my insurance. Now I can, now I can, you know, get my car and my home insurance involved. <laughs> get the hose. <laughs> oh no. I hope, I hope that's not what happened. And uh, hopefully the guy was okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All joking aside, driving a flaming car is not... That's for that's for stuntmen, not Rem- for people. Remember, folks, if your car's on fire, get out and run away. It's full of gasoline. At least most of them are. It's yes. Gas- <laughs> gasoline or lithium. Even if it so, isn't, right. It's yeah. essentially a bomb <laughs> yeah. at that point. So, yeah, get out. Um, get I, out. I actually have more car fire news. Oh, no. How do you have... I have more car fire news. I was sitting in traffic the other day, uh, and there was a um, a uh, volunteer firefighter who was coming up to an accident kind of like out of my field of, of vision, and he pulled up right next to me in a big old GMC with tons of lights everywhere. They were on the running boards. They were on the top, on the bottom, in the windows, in the headlights, in the taillights, you know, one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the license plate he took the was... entire Whelan catalog and just ordered yeah, every single everything. light. Yeah, everything. Just called the Whelan hotline and said, "Yes, give me the absolutely." All. <laughs> but the thing that there that so that's a lot. Huge car, a lot of lights. The thing that most got my attention was the license plate, which was the word "burnt." <laughs> oh, no. That's his, his job is to make things not burnt. Well, there's that, and then you know, with the Audi, it was just like a nice full circle car fire week. Full circle car. I want to drive more places than you, man. You see some cool shit. Only no, since his pod started, though. I never no, used to see... No lie, Nick. Speaking of that, talking about driving places with us. Previously, when you were not with us, you were in Michigan, driving home from your place in Michigan after the race at uh, Canadian Tire. Oh, yeah. We saw a U-Haul truck on fire. It's him. It's him. I think it's maybe I be track car fires now. There you <laughs> go. might be my new thing. Yeah. So... I mean, I think that's pretty... like a moth to a flame, yeah. like Andrew to a car fire. Yeah, Andrew to a car fire. Um, do we just coin a new phrase? I don't think so. <sighs> I don't think that's going to catch on. I got to admit. Yeah, it. Technically, we did, but no one's going to use it. <laughs> so we still say we coined it. Still counts. 
I mean, Nick, we don't have, uh, I don't know if we have any neat car news from you, but I did hear we might have some neat cart news from you. Yeah. Um, so you can find, coming to a racetrack near you if you live in the Midwest, um, the Check Engine podcast is going racing. Um, we, uh, my dad and I got back into karting. Um, I did it for a little bit in high school and into college, and then I realized that, hey, Roger Penske's not calling me or knocking on my door, <laughs> so we should probably just shutter this for a while, go get the degree, and, you know, get adult life started, and we can always get back into it. So, um, 10 years later, we're getting back into it. and uh, That's awesome. Yeah, not full schedule for this year. I'm sure I'm going to catch the bug and want to race every weekend next year now that I have it. <laughs> yeah. But planning on just a few to kind of get my feet wet, probably maybe seven or eight races. But yeah, and we're going to throw a Check Engine podcast sticker on that bad boy, and I'm going to sponsor myself, and we're going to go racing this summer. So very excited about it. Yeah, we'll definitely have probably some some live video and some photos from one of those at some point. So gotta make sure to we'll get catch up with you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And not just me personally going racing. Um, the podcast um, is going to be taking some field trips coming up as well. Um, first weekend of May, the three of us are going to be attending the IMSA races in beautiful Lexington, Ohio, at the Mid Ohio Sports Car Course. Oh man, I'm super excited. We're s- We've heard great things about Mid-Ohio. None of us have been there before. It's, and it's the, the highly transient Mid-Ohio. Yes. It's on the schedule one year and gone the next, and we saw an opportunity this year, and we pounced. We, so. we snagged it, and um, for those of you who have list, listened into our racetrack episode, we're going to be keeping all that stuff in mind as to what makes for a good track experience. We're going to be looking for the good viewing vistas and the action points and the hospitality and all those type things. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for some live updates, some live videos, some some you know posts pictures all of those things from our weekend there um more to come on that also at least one of us is will be attending the indianapolis 500 yep very very fortunate um that i'll be going back and maybe maybe we can snag a couple of you guys to come along with me um memorial day weekend best racing weekend of the year <laughs> and um again live posts live videos and such from the greatest race on the planet wow yeah you sound hyped up well i mean i know you've gone every year since before you were born yeah i have not gone ever because he's threatened to make me carry the cooler no it's rookies rookies carry the rookies carry (laughs) if i manage to remain not the rookie i don't have to carry the cooler what if he went by himself one year and then went with you a second year is he still a rookie no you, you have to attend the race at one point <laughs> okay. to not have to carry the cooler. Right, there we go. This Andrew, year will go. We're going to go on our own, carry our own tiny coolers. That's right. And then we'll join you guys. Right, yeah. We figured it all out. So the, the the thing is, though, that means you always have to get a rookie because otherwise the cooler stays in the car. Oh, jeez. No, no one, no one who's because oh, no. if you're not a rookie, you're not carrying the cooler. Oh, so we always need to find a, a noob. So. Anything else for pace laps? Or are we going to bounce into the uh, the main story here? Yeah, I think we're going to try to keep these keep these quick this time around and move into the meat of it. So yeah, who wants to kick us off? Um, well, I I think I can. You want to just we'll just kind of talk about what this whole thing is about, right? Kind of an overarching view. We we yeah. mentioned Bumble for car owners, but what it, what are we actually digging into here? Well, um, all three of us are in the exact key demo of. Uh, what every single car manufacturer on the planet wants to sell. We we are the people they want to sell their cars to. And um, we're picky. You know, we're, we're not easy. 
we like certain things in our manufacturers. We want to see certain things in our cars. But all of the major manufacturers are looking to us to buy their cars. So we have three big American manufacturers. We have FCA, we have Ford, and we have all the GM brands. All of them are kind of scrambling a little bit. They're up there on the dating app, and they're maybe looking a little desperate. Maybe they haven't found anyone to... Uh, going a little date with so they're, they're going fishing man they're swiping right on everybody right absolutely now begging are. for buyers and, and hoping for a response and we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of go over what their strategy looks like um as far as you know what they're gonna put on that profile other <laughs> than just i swipe right to everyone right um and then we're gonna discuss whether we would swipe right ourselves and what could maybe change that yeah, absolutely. Do we see a long-term relationship? Would it be just a fling? Just a fling? <laughs> just a fling with a demon? Oh, yeah, actually, actually, Maybe. Yes. Um, yeah, so three different U.S. car giants, three different strategies. Which one are we going on a date with? Um, maybe, maybe first we should start with GM because GM is almost like a bunch of little individual brands that you almost have to tackle separately because they're each after their own thing they each want their own uh unique kind of relationship i guess um yeah let's go into it multiple personality dating app <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Oh. all right let's uh, untangle this one those are trouble let's let's maybe start with the brand that's kind of doing the most right now and maybe it's not in a good way i'm talking about cadillac we've been hitting cadillac a lot in these early episodes yeah, there's, there's a lot to really say but they are say, doing apparently. they're doing so much stuff i mean we talked about the suv they're bringing that in that is the seller, you know, small SUVs are what's hot right now. But Cadillac's also talking about keeping their fast sedans. They want to make sure they still have performance cars on the road. And they just announced a brand new engine that I think is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Tristan, you want to talk a little about the, about the new engine, the, the, oh, the yeah. marquee? <laughs> Absolutely. So they have designed, decided to design a handcrafted uh turbocharged v8 uh, in, turbo. in the uh hot v uh, configuration where all the turbochargers and everything are tucked in between the the banks of the v8 now this has unfortunately rendered uh, a few issues um among which and probably principal i would say is the spark plugs don't come out <laughs> they are, they are, they are permanent. Now, now we're not talking hard. Like, are they marketing them as lifetime spark plugs? Like, you are. never have to change yes. them. Oh yes, and then this is, I mean, this oh. is in, this is in opposition to things like the 4.2 liter Audi V8 in some of the S and RS cars, where it's just a little bit too big. You kind of got to tip the engine to get it out, or right. you know, even some of the seven late 70s GM products. And GM's already kind of done this with things like the. Buick Skyhawk, the Chevy Monza, the Pontiac Sunbird. Um, they had a they had a V8 in that one. It was a 305 that you had to remove to remove <laughs> the spark plugs. You had to disconnect the engine mounts, hook it up to an engine hoist, and lift it several inches out of the car to access some of the spark plugs on this engine. And so this is territory they've trodden before, and they said, forget that. We're not going to make them take the engine out. We're going to sell them lifetime spark plugs. That is so much but worse. We real you have to realize there is no such thing as lifetime spark there plugs. There absolutely is not. I mean, unless this is Cadillac. Here comes a joke, everyone. Are you ready? It's just a joke. I'm so ready. Nobody be offended. 
Maybe they're just talking about the remaining lifetime of their customers. Uh, <laughs> twelve, eight, eight years, twelve years. Yeah, right that yeah. Or fifteen thousand miles, whichever or comes first. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. But oh, here's, my here's... mom is so insulted right now. She drives a car. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> that's why I said it was a joke. Here's here's the thing about this though. One thing that we all know about engines, having been around cars, liking cars. Unless, maybe GM has some brand new technology it's never been seen before. But the one thing about spark plugs is they get foul. Yeah. They just do. It's the nature. They're triggering an explosion. It's not even like they wear out. It's not like, you know, the, uh, you know, terminals in the spark plug necessarily wear out. Right. They're just in an environment with carbonizing fuel. Mm -hmm. And they get dirty, especially in... Especially in... Turbocharged engines! Which this is. So I twin don't, turbo! I don't know right. that they... She said it, I'm going to say twin it. Twin turbo. turbo. I don't know that they really thought this one all the way through. Nor do I. Especially because, uh, well, obviously turbo engines, they're very high compression. The explosions are intense. And um, if you have ethanol fuel in a turbocharged engine, the engine gets dirty much faster in the valves and at the, and at the plugs and everything else just because... When when you burn ethanol in a gas engine, it doesn't combust. It doesn't do much of anything. It turns into water. It makes your plugs foul. I I just don't know how this is going to work. So that's so that's that's Cadillac's approach. Yeah. Make a what en- what, you know, what car is that engine going to be? In? So that's for their. Um, I believe it's the CT6. Yeah, the CT6. Okay. Yep, and I think so. And this is going against. So don't things, buy that one. Things like. The M5. Yeah, that's their flagship sedan, the yeah. biggest one. You yeah. know, E-Class, Mercedes, um, things like that. And the problem is, GM, those cars produce 600 horsepower, which this one does not. And its highest trim, right. it'll produce 540, 550, 550, I think is what the... So you're short on horsepower. You've got permanent lifetime spark plugs for which a motor change will be required to change the spark plugs. Mm-hmm. This is that's Chev- that's a Cadillac's attempt at you know catching new customers. Not their only attempt though. I'm looking at his screen, looking at Andrew's pad here, his screen, and there is a proper gorgeous car on his screen with a Cadillac badge on it. That's true. So uh, maybe GM's uh, or Cadillac's looking a little rough around the edges here, but they have this beautiful Cadillac Escalia uh, or Escala, one of the two. Uh, that was a concept car. It's gorgeous. It's everything their current lineup is not in terms of looks, and they're actually producing it. So that's good. That's really good. But does it target our demo? I don't know. I don't think a lot of people our age are buying large cars um, simply because they they or too, large premium sedans. They're they're too big now. You know, a large family sedan is what used to be. You know, well, a midsize sedan now is what is is what used to be a large sedan yeah, I mean, when we you, were growing up. You look at it as a perfect example, you know, my mom looking for a new car. She originally bought that A4 in 1997, bought a newer one in 2008, significantly larger, doesn't like the larger car, mm-hmm. has to look at A3s now. She goes down a whole class because, you know, midsize, you know, sedans are are as big, you know, now as full-size sedans were back you know, in when we were growing up in the 90s. It sounds like a really finicky, weird thing to say, but they're just hard to park. Big cars now are, they're difficult to park. Which, which is obviously going to be a joke to anybody who ever parked anything from 
you know, before the 80s. Right. You know, anything yeah. in the 70s and the 60s with fins and, you know, you can set up a whole city in the trunk. I mm-hmm. mean, this is going to sound like <laughs> we're joking here, but, I mean, they are bigger cars for us. Yeah. So. Hard to park. Uh, so that, that that's where Caddy's at. Yeah, I think that's a big swipe left for me. Uh, that's a big no. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't draw me in as, you know, a person who is left school is still early in their career but life is moving on mm-hmm. i'm not looking for a giant luxury car at this point i'm gonna, I'm gonna swipe left with the caveat that i might want to test drive an escalia <laughs> <laughs> they are very pretty <laughs> that, yes. yeah certainly want to take pictures of one here's <laughs> here's a related question i just have to ask you nick could this cadillac engine be some kind of weird prototyping they're doing for the next generation of corvette could they see could we see this head again this block again in the corvette a small twin turbo v8 they are Uh, building them in bowling green by hand right next to the zr1 engines yes yeah and i'm not gonna rule it out i mean they are making a mid-engine version of a corvette too exactly 10 years ago you would have never in a million years thought that that was ever going to happen yeah so um, maybe that's the engine that they put in the mid-engine version. Could be something crazy. It could be something completely out of the box and crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Absolutely not. Well, let's move right into. Yeah, I do Chevy. have a consensus, and it looks like three, three left. swipe left. Yeah, three nose. <laughs> three so, big nose. Um, let's move on. To, yeah, Chevy. Yeah, let's move right into Chevy. Um, Nick, I think you know you're the you're the GM <laughs> pro here. Uh, so leader of the bow tie brigade. Chevy, we know the Corvette. Everyone loves the Corvette. It's in racing. It does well. It's you know it's the classic. It's the American car. Outside of that, what are they doing? What are they up to these days? Um, well, they've got. They're not. They don't have a foothold on the truck market because that's still Ford, which we'll get into later. Um, I think. I think the two things that, or maybe one thing that they do really, really well, um, is their small pickup, small SUV. Um, you guys have had experience in my Trailblazer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trailblazer, we we drove, Nick and I, you and I, we drove down to Road Atlanta in an Equinox. We did an Equinox. Yep. Um, we, um, what was the other one? Oh, I did, um, not only did we, we saw it at a, at a show and we thought, oh, that looks pretty cool, but um, the most recent trip that my dad and I did down to Florida, um, it was cool. It was in the, the mid-size car row at the rental car. Yeah. But it was a brand new Chevy Colorado pickup. Ooh. Yeah, I test drove one of those when I was looking to and buy my newest we, car. We, I do we, like those. We doubled back with the with the rental car, and we're like, "That's in the midsize row," and they're <laughs> they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "And that's not gonna cost us any extra to take," and they're like, "Nope, we're like sold." And honestly, I spent a couple of nights down in Florida when we were just kind of hanging out, not you know preparing for the next day, just kind of winding down for the evening. I was online looking to buy a Colorado. Like it was really really nice very easy to drive yeah um just it, it was awesome i loved it. it it didn't ride real rough or weird when it got on the highway it was very very smooth very car like and i think the trailblazer is like that too yeah um, uh, and the v6 in that colorado is is wonderful it's the same one they use in the v6 camaro which if you remember back to our dream car episode is my you know, true blue american dream, dream car, car choice and um yeah i think that that engine is a significant part of that um so i think they're doing some good things with you know, that kind of thing right besides that they've got you know the cruise the impala the cruise seems to be a somewhat popular 
smaller car. You it see that you see those around. Yeah. What um, really surprised me is the success of the um, cruise hatch. You see those everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was a big seller. Mm-hmm. Um, one one little note. Um, I just saw a little blurb on it in a picture. Um, potentially for Chevrolet, a new El Camino in 2020. Are they bringing over the um the Holdens, the Malou and stuff? Please tell me they're bringing over the Malou. You would think. Yeah. Yeah. But you would be wrong. No. no. Why? See, that's the I don't know why. That's the thing. Um you know, you get these ideas and it's like, "Oh," and then you look and you're like, "Oh, that's no. Just foolishness." It, it's essentially it it's small enough. It looks like the Chevy Cruze with a truck bed in the back. Like they use the Chevy Cruze front end and that platform and just cut the rear end off and made a truck bed on it. Yeah. I mean, it holds with the other versions of the El Camino. I mean, it's all just whatever car they were using at the time with a truck bed on the back. I so. suppose. It's just very It's not out of character, but yeah, I would have liked the Malou. You know what? Maybe the Malou, they would be worried that the Malou would cannibalize the business from the Colorado. Because the Malou's a little bit bigger? I mean, I guess yeah. It, yeah, I guess if you're not looking for some of that stuff that they're pitching with, like, the, the ZR package Colorado, like the off-road stuff, you're just yeah. looking to throw crap in the back of it then yeah it's big enough that that might be a an issue hmm. so yeah um chevy That's... i don't know i'm a bow tie guy and i because of now i'm racing i'm gonna need something to tow right and because a go-kart isn't heavy it doesn't need a whole lot to tow so because i've been very happy with my trailblazer for years and very happy with the colorado i tried which would also tow what i need to tow i'm gonna swipe right on chevy yeah, I said so I've, I've got it in my dream car list. I considered purchasing a Colorado. I decided I didn't need a truck, um, so I didn't go with that. But, yeah, I mean, I would say it would be a swipe right uh, that would be very dependent on the first date. I've never owned a Chevy, <laughs> I've never, I've never owned a Chevy before, um, but I'm at least interested enough to go have dinner. The one thing, the only thing that concerns me about Chevy, I think they surprise me in a lot of ways because I generally – um, I'm, I'm down on Chevy just in kind of a general sense. But the one thing that concerns me is that they sold off all of their European market share. Well, that's GM. That's not Chevy. That's true. But if we're thing, going through brand by brand, however, you have to remember with the exception of the Colorado, which is obviously an American vehicle, all those small SUVs, all those small cars that are selling well, those are Opal designs. Those are European generated cars. What are we going to see from Chevy in the future? How how dependable are they going forward? I mean, I think honestly, the ones that you, the ones we are seeing selling, aren't. I, mean, I think as a lot of those went to went to something that we'll cover later. They went to Buick. The 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 Traverse True. is a U.S. design. The Colorado, the Camaro. Which one's the Traverse? The midsize SUV. Um, yeah, because then yeah. there's the the Equinox is the big the, the, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the Equinox the, is the little one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and then oh. Tra- Traverse is the big one. That's oh, okay, a, that's okay. the same as the GMC Terrain. Well, Terrain would be the the middle because Chevy still has a Suburban, right? Which is the big right. SUV. Right, so that's the biggest. It goes, SUV. It's Equinox, Equinox, Terrain, Suburban. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yep. okay. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, those are all American designs. I think they they did design the Cruise Hatch with. A European market in mind, but yeah. based on the cruise, which is an American design. That's true. So I, mean, I think a lot of those, they although they are getting rid of those designs across GM, that's kind of why I would swipe right on Chevy is that they've got a lot of their own designs that are doing well. I would, I would probably then be a very hesitant, right, pending a first conversation if they're like, you know, 
trashy, then that's a big no for me. <laughs> if, you got, if you got to the first date, you'd have like me saying like, hey, if I text you, like call me so I yes. can get out. Okay. I would have okay. an out. I would have the out. <laughs> the out if you're going out with them. Um, are we going to go through a lot of the other brands for, for GM or the do only, they matter? <laughs> the only one that matters. The only one that matters for us because they are going after our hearts and our minds in a very real way is Buick. And we've talked a lot about Buick already because they're shooting their shot at us. Yep. And I don't know that it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. Again, back to what you're talking about. They're, okay, Buick, I see you. <laughs> it's, it's, their, it's, their, it's their Opal designs, and they're not keeping them. Exactly. I mean, the, the ones that I like, they're not keeping. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you one thing that would get my attention from Buick. This is, this is obviously right now, big left on Buick, a big no. Here's, yes. here's one change. If they brought out a grand national regal oh 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 the turbo four one no 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 with the turbo six bring back the logo bring back the trim all blacked out top to bottom yes change that badge hey that that really cool turbo six badge oh yes absolutely iconic it's heartbreaking that they haven't brought it back yet. That would immediately get my attention. Like, yeah, they've is got it, the Regal GS. Uh, Regal GS, yeah. which is which sportier. Is... It's sportier. Mm-hmm. Grand National, though. Grand National. Now you have my attention. Is yes. it is it weird that to get the attention of a newer, younger demographic, they have to go retro? So weird. I mean, eh, there's a lot of appeal to that in general right or not now. they have to we think they need to yeah, go I mean, retro you know let me rephrase there's a lot of appeal to nostalgia and retro and only 90s kids will know and you know <laughs> like it's, especially <laughs> among our demographic we're all looking backwards that's very true and well the other thing is in the case of the um grand national which we've you know which back in the day was a specialized trim of the buick regal at the time um we've already talked about how that badge i think uh is so unbelievably iconic you see that you don't think Buick, you only think Grand National. Yes. And if they brought that back, you know, just that teaser, all, you know, all black screen, they just like slowly rotate the little logo and then, you know, just like a little Buick splash. Mm-hmm. If they just did a teaser like that, people would be so hyped on Buick immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And they sell that retro. So it's, it's a it's a left for now, but yeah. Con- again, left conditional. For now, there are Bur- options. Buick, you can catch Bring us. back the Grand National. Do it, Do it right now. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we need to cover for, for General Motors. Yeah, because we're framing this whole episode, and they're making moves. They're trying to do stuff. We're looking at other stuff, GM, you know, like the, the GMC, GMC trucks. I mean, they're, they're there. Not, <laughs> they're not making a lot of moves. No. There's not they're, a lot to talk about. Um, despite all that, despite the fact that they sold all their European brands, you know, GM is still third in global sales behind just Toyota and Volkswagen. True. Um, huge company, so they got to be doing something right at some point. Um but when you you finish, you know, you talk about GM, you talk about the the opposite side. There's always those name your brand things: Miller or Bud, Marlboro yeah. or Camo. If you're still a smoker, um, <laughs> that's such a crazy reference. It is enough. a crazy reference. I don't know why it came to me, but you got you got this name your brand thing. It's either going to be GM or it's going to be Ford. So I think which will cause fistfights in Australia. Oh and God. certain parts of the United States. Yes. Oh God, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, let, let's let's uh, hop into Ford for for a little bit. Um, what, what's Ford up to? I, I can I can field that first. Ford is massively going for broke. They are aiming everything they have at our demographic, and they're doing it as quickly as possible. So there's been a lot of turnover in the uh, executive ranks at Ford, mm-hmm. which we've mentioned before. 
and they're aiming for a 75% new lineup by 2020. They're reintroducing the Bronco. They're bringing out ST. That's, you know, fast. They're, um, I forget what the actual ST stands for. Sport tune, maybe? Um, I can't quite remember. Doesn't if matter. you're listening, please comment. Let us know what ST means. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but um, Again, we are not professionals. They are, they're, they're making ST versions of their hottest selling SUVs. They are trying to bring out a hybrid version of all of their best-selling cars. Mm-hmm. And um, they're redesigning a little bit the Mustang and they're reintroducing that along with something that they call a Mustang-inspired SUV that scares the crap oh, out no. of me. Is that going to be like the Mitsubishi uh, Eclipse-inspired SUV? That breaks my heart. Yeah. It's just... Ugh. It's so sad. I, I'm interested to see what that is, but I'm also kind of nervous about what that is. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, Ford, Ford is moving everything in one direction, and they want us to buy their cars. If we won't buy them now, buy them in 2020 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of add on that, this um, it seems like maybe they're not at the forefront of it, but um, Ford CEO Mark Fields is seems to be the one that is at least furthest along among the U.S. Big Three in accepting this change, this new wave of transportation that's coming along. Mm -hmm. Um, They're teaming with Amazon to um, make Alexa accessible through their sync program in the car. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. So you can, you know, Alexa, order me Starbucks at the store on this as you're driving up to the... No. Now I can't buy one ever. uh, They pull the sync system right out of the dashboard. What is wrong with that? I think that's... I think that, I mean, it's what we do. We're we're in with technology in this demographic. Um, Can't escape it. You can't. They're... By 2021, Mr. Fields wants to introduce a fully driverless vehicle, but focused on ride-sharing and delivery. So not just... Not like private ownership? Not like private ownership, but for more companies. So like you know, Uber could buy them or Lyft or whoever. Yeah, Uber could buy them and kill a bunch of pedestrians. There you know? go. Um, <laughs> Too much? That's, that's, I mean, whole other podcast there, but considering that on the same day... The, the Uber car killed one person. 16 other people were killed by cars with drivers in them. So far, the the autonomous cars have us 16 to 1. So I, people made a big deal out of it, but I think it's not a concern to me, personally. All right. And like you mentioned, there's the new wave of hybrids and fully electrics coming, too. So it yeah. seems like they are, they're the ones who are really kind of pushing that needle when it comes to the to the U.S. market. Yeah, I mean, that's something... Or the U.S. Um, manufacturers. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while, too. They had the... They've had hybrid versions of a lot of things for a long time. They've got the 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 C Max plug-in hybrid, fully electric option coming soon, if not already out. I um, think I did see one yesterday. The uh, C Max Energy. Yep, and they had the the Fusion Energy, which had an interesting Atkinson cycle energy you know, uh, engine with you know the hybrid system, batteries and electric motors, and everything as well. But it had a really weird Atkinson cycle super efficient you know engine in the front of that as well and pushing that kind of stuff and and let's not forget it, it may it's not necessarily news anymore it's old news um but let's not forget about that EcoBoost engine that they made it's a damn good engine that is true and it they've is. used it across a lot of different platforms in their company the gt race car yeah has an EcoBoost in it um and all their trucks and all their and trucks yeah. yeah so I always have kind of said, like, like since the bailout happened, Ford has done by far the best. 
but um, they also needed the bailout the least. They when it they happened. did. I was just gonna say that they they took a almost nearly six billion dollar loan, five point nine billion from the Department of Energy, but the stipulation was they were gonna invest that in the alternative energy uh, production, and it seems like it's. You know, ten plus years down the road here, but it seems like they're going to come through with at least some of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. here's something to remember about Ford. This is the kind of way I think about them. You just mentioned the you know ten years ago, and that's you know by the time after Ford got that bailout, they started making nothing but hits. The oh Fiesta, yeah, the Focus, which turned to the Focus ST, which turned to the Focus RS, yeah. the trucks, the F one fifty. You know, I, I don't necessarily have a stake in the truck wars, but. That is a very nice truck for what it is at, at all across the range. It's like the top-selling truck for how many hundreds of years in a row? Yeah, fleet. Yeah, it's forever. fleet vehicle sales. I mean, they're everywhere in the whole world. I um, mean, odd, you know, oddball, but you don't really think about it. You know, the Sprinter came from Dodge, right? And uh, Mercedes at the time, um, and that kind of met with moderate applause. Mm-hmm. But what really pushed this kind of new Euro style of you know white panel van is the Transit. Yeah, yeah the transit, the transit connect. People, I mean, I know people, Asher. I'm looking at you, um, who who bought them as family cars. Right. When you know, it's like, hey, I bought a transit van, and it's kind of everything from a minivan to you know a workplace hauler. It's filled a lot of different roles, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big hit that not a lot of people talk about. I don't think. The only thing that worries me with this much turnover at Ford, can they do it all again? They've proven that they can do it. They did it once already. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, Ford revamped their whole line, and they hit way more than they missed. My concern would be them doing it again in what is objectively a short amount of time. It's only been ten years, and they basically ran all of those models into the ground. Can they come back with a completely new line, do the whole thing again? They're almost like, if we're going back to the dating app, they're almost <laughs> like the X. Mm-hmm. That shows up back on the feed somehow, and you're like, oh, man, should I do it? <laughs> which way do I swipe? Which way do you Which way do you swipe? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you do. Right, yes. I do it. Yeah, you I do, do it. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a swipe right, too, mm-hmm. um, you know, for various reasons. You know, I would not be at all unhappy purchasing most of Ford's lineup, even... You know, with some of these that are these hits that are beginning to kind of, you know, be ten years old, they're not the most up to date, but they're still things that I would prefer over a lot of other things in the market right now. Um, and I think that that's it says something for how good they were that they're still relevant. And yeah, I'm hoping that especially after 2020, after we get that refresh, mm-hmm. we're gonna see another round of these that last another. Do it for five years, for don't go ten years. Yes, but that, that lasts, you know, many many years as very successful cars because you know i i really like the, the the focus st oh yeah a lot oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's i've been telling you guys that for a long time like as far as that that hot hatch i wh- wh- when i go when we go to a ford booth in an auto show what's the first car i run to i go and sit in the st or the rs focus you have yep. to that's the first one i run to i would still take it i am and i sorry dad i grew up in a general <laughs> motors household through and through, I am swiping right multiple times on Ford. I just yeah. love the, what they've been doing these these past few years, and it seems like they have a cohesive, linear plan to to stay relevant going forward. Yeah. Plus, bringing back the Bronco and the Bronco. Oh, Bronco. Oh, I am I am so excited. This Do you think so... they'll use OJ in their commercials? Oh my God. <laughs> oh no. I, I was not going to make any <laughs> oh, OJ no. jokes. Very intentionally. 
I think that'd be kind of a funny commercial. Oh, OJ in a new white Bronco. Anybody? No. 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 no not uh, that. Come on. But here's the thing. I would swipe is... left on that. Yeah. But here's evidence. So, you know what we were talking about with Buick. If they brought back the Grand National name, Ford brought back the Bronco name. People have been begging for it. The hype has been real for 15 years, whenever it was they released that concept way back in the day. Yep. And and it's here now. People are oh. still stoked. Oh, also, not to get totally sidetracked, because it's related, because it's on the same platform. Yeah. Ranger. Oh my gosh. They're bringing of back course. the Ranger, and that was. Oh, something yeah, how do we that, forget that? We're that bringing was, back the Ranger. That, yeah, and that was something that went away to great wailing and gnashing of teeth mm-hmm. that, you know, and people will still buy those if they are in even moderately good condition for way more oh, than totally. a, a, a small pickup truck that old is worth because they have such a devoted following. Um, and Good call. And they're finally they're bringing that back. So, I mean, I think they've got a good combination of forward looking. You know, looking towards all this alternative energy kind of stuff, but also embracing the fact that retro stuff is what draws people in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a very solid, you know, middle ground of really good consumer cars. <laughs> We're just you turning know. into a Ford ad at this point. We yeah. better move. Okay, okay. We gotta, moving, moving on. We got to move on. We got to yeah, move on. So, but, yeah. the, Ford did not pay anything for this podcast. No, um, they should, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right Ford uh, you can get in touch with us at Check Engine Pod yep, on Twitter yep. inbox at checkenginepodcast.com yep. uh, if you want to discuss uh, terms so uh, here's here's where the conversation gets difficult if we get away from Ford and we go into uh, perhaps a car manufacturer that most of you may have forgotten existed FCA that's the Fiat Chrysler Alliance so they make such cars as I've got the, the list. Chrysler? I've got the I've got the list right here. I've got mostly the list. The Thank Fiat. you. I was starting it's to seriously mostly ponder. The Fiat <laughs> Alliance. <laughs> so here's here's what we've got in the Fiat Chrysler Alliance. We've got Alfa Romeo, Chrysler, Dodge, Fiat, Maserati, Jeep, and Ram. And it should be noted that as of today, those last two I mentioned, Jeep and Ram, are the only two that are actually like operating in the black. Right. Yeah. In this country. In this country. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about. Yep. Merc. Nope. Here's my thing with Chrysler in general, and I think that's just where we're going to start because they only have, like, two cars. Three. Oh, sorry. Two cars and a minivan. Two cars and a minivan. The 200, the 300, and the minivan. The Pacifica. Thank you. Yes, the Pacifica. Um, (laughs) On point, Tristan. (laughs) I I don't get what Chrysler's for at this point. I think... It's the brand. They were the original. Is that... It was before Dodge. It was before... Yeah, Chrysler. Just, Just the nameplate. Like Cadillac is for GM. Okay. Like it's just the, it's the. I, I just feel like there's nothing about the Chrysler 200 that appealed to either of us, Tristan. When we were shopping for cars, no. and the lease deals on the top tier. So that's you know the uh, uh, limited with the V6 engine, the all-wheel drive, leather this, leather that, sunroof, Check moonroof, heated every cool. box. The lease deals were like two yeah, easily sub easily sub three hundred. Yeah, sub three hundred, and neither of us even went to the dealership. Because the, there was just nothing there. I went to the dealership. Oh, sorry. But not for the Chrysler. That's right. I went for the pickup truck. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. My bad. That's just not just you guys that that it doesn't appeal to because they're actually discontinuing the Chrysler 200. So it doesn't really appeal to anyone. So that axe. Um, it's kind of weird. They're cutting out half of their car production by cutting out one car. Oof. Brutal. That's weird, right? Like all they have left is the 300 and the Pacifica minivan. In yeah. that brand. 
So, or do uh, they have they have a do they have the small SUV too, or is it just a minivan now? Oh gosh, maybe the small we crossover look this up SUV. Here. Um, I think they don't, but we can touch we'll, base we'll, on that. We'll a circle bit. back. We'll circle back. If anyone's listening live, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening to this while we're recording uh, right now. But um, so my neighbor below me, you can so hear us. Here's the thing. Can you remind me if the three hundred the three hundred is a essentially a badge engineered charger, right? It shares mm. a lot of internal components with the uh, with the uh, charger and the you said the three hundred. Yeah, the three hundred. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I have our answer for twenty eighteen. Um, my phone of choice is an iPhone eight plus. The entire Chrysler lineup fits on one, one iPhone eight plus screen. <laughs> it is. The, the 2018 Chrysler 300 and the Pacifica, there is nothing else. Okay. Yeesh. There you go. No small SUV. Question answered. Don't bother oh, if you're listening man. live. We got it. Oh, Thanks. man. What are they doing over there? It, what are you doing, guys? Exactly. <laughs> what do you do? It's, I, I, it doesn't appear like they have a plan. It, 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 like, the Fiat group is over there in Italy just kind of doing their own thing, and it's almost like they just bought... Chrysler and all that it entails just for an asset, just like on paper. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, they're, they're putting a little bit of attention in on Jeep because Jeep is such a cult hit and it's never really going to go away. They know that it's going to make money. Yeah, it's here and abroad. I mean, mm-hmm. they yeah, Jeeps like, are everywhere. They sell like crazy in Europe and everywhere else too. Yeah, so. they're everywhere. Plus, that's a hot segment. I mean, if you, you make Jeep, they have name recognition, they have history, they have story, and they're in the key demo. I mean... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Jeep's people, a home run. The, yeah. That's the only, maybe the only thing that, well, they have Ram too, which is selling well, but yeah, and maybe the, the only thing that FCA is going for them right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say, yeah, they're, they're pouring tons of money into Jeep. They're, they're really doing a lot of work in Ram as well because they are surprisingly popular looking through, you know, various applications of a pickup truck. They're not fleet vehicles very right. often but a lot of private people buy rams because they are you know like nick you were talking about hey you know i you know need to tow my cart i need to tow things occasionally but they have you know, things like independent suspension in the back air suspension those the ram toolboxes they've got all these cool features that make them easy to live with as a daily driver yep. but they can still move stuff around Whereas a lot of the other cars, I mean, you know, the Colorado does a good, a good job. A lot of other trucks, though, focus on, you know, strict workability. You know, livability is a second consideration. And FCA with the Dodge brand is making distinct concessions to how good of a pickup truck it is to make it a better daily driver so that people will buy one because they know most of the time people are not pushing these pickup trucks to their absolute limit. They're just using them for... 50 or 60 percent of what they can do just a quick note um ram is its own brand now it's not a dodge ram anymore. Yep. right it's just Sorry, a ram yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. it's just a ram um but yeah and it's weird that jeep is doing so well in ram as tristan just listed off all the cool things that that ram is doing a little bit differently than an f-150 or a, or a silverado but fca ceo sergio marcioni said he is willing to sell both Ram and Jeep. He kind of seems... Which is the only two brands that is making his company money in the States well, right now. I read that, and then I read that he was also trying to sell Chrysler to Geely, um, their uh, um, 
a Chinese auto auto company, Geely. Um, and then I heard that he was trying to sell Chrysler. Remember, uh, late last year he was talking up how uh, Renault Nissan had More interest in Chrysler, yep. and, Chry and then Renault Nissan was like, uh, "No thanks." So um, that's all really weird. It almost seems like he'd be willing to part out every single piece of FCA and maybe just keep like Fiat and Ferrari. But the two the two issues that I have, so um, they they also do Alfa Romeo, and they just released a new Alfa Romeo SUV. I've actually seen some on the roads, which is a little bit surprising. I'm wondering if that's, you know, lease deal stuff, whatever. But they didn't badge engineer that for Chrysler. Why yeah, not? That, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's it's too steep. You I mean, think? I, think, I think when you're looking at something that's a better portion of a Ferrari engine inside, and, you, I mean, I think badge engineering would require, it would be just the unibody. <laughs> I, mean, I think right. I, I think the suspension pieces, the engine, the transmission, the... In, inside appointments are just they're just too upscale for Chrysler but even so what if it was just the unibody they have some clearly they have working um, heavier duty car stuff because they make the, the, the van um, and then they also have a range of engines that would kind of fit in that they have a V6 that would be powerful enough to move that body with you know enough power to make it viable at market and maybe it is just an issue of doing all that work to re-engineer the car almost completely yeah, that doesn't it would, make it worth it. It would almost not qualify as badge engineering at that point. I think it would be rolling out a whole new Chrysler SUV with some shared manufacturing for some of the sheet metal, but yeah. it doesn't save you very much. That's true. It just seems like they're not even attempting to try. They're not even getting into that threshold. And I think it all boils down to what we saw when Mercedes took over. Um, before they sold them to FCA, or mm -hmm. before they sold them, sold them to Fiat and became FCA, I don't think the Europeans know what to do with, with Chrysler. Um, you know, they've had more or less success with various portions of FCA, current FCA, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, you know, things like that. You know, we, we saw some interesting things coming from Mercedes in the Dodge department. They were the first ones to really roll out the new Charger, the yeah. the Magnum, those are all hand-me-down E-Class Mercedes parts. Mm -hmm. um, Even the 300. Yeah, 300, same platform. And they, they did some interesting things. But yeah, all they really did was roll out the 300 for Chrysler. They didn't really push Chrysler very much with the odd exception of things like the Crossfire and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the Europeans have trouble with Chrysler and having Chrysler be the flagship brand of that family I think that causes trouble. They don't know what to do with the brand group as a whole. That's kind of it, it is kind of unfortunate because like kind of like we keep saying, you have a you have a dead weight in Chrysler. They're not even attempting at this point to do anything or so it seems. And then you have the extremely buoyant brands of Jeep and Ram. I feel like they're kind of in a bit of a tough place the the Fiat's foray into American markets hasn't really led anywhere. Yeah, they sold a bunch of those little um, 500s because they're adorable and they're actually they're super fun to drive. I don't know if you guys have ever driven. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I drove one all the way from Virginia to Wisconsin. Have you driven time. the Abarth? No. Oh my god, I drove one of those. Oof. Oh, it's the happiest car <laughs> in the universe. It looks angry, but it is happy. And you look like such an idiot driving the thing because you're just in this crammed in it. Imagine yeah. so. Imagine that, but not an Abarth. You don't even have the Abarth cool factor. You're right. Just, you're just a guy like me crammed into a Fiat 500. Ooh. And when he says guy like me, he is a human with the build of a whiskey barrel. Yes. True. Yes. So, yeah. But, imagine um, that crammed into an, into a Fiat. 
I would yeah. say so. I mean, I think we can. I think as a as a group, based on law of averages, FCA as a whole, I would swipe right. Ooh, um, wow. Because Ooh, because for me for me the real the only real clinker in the bunch is Chrysler. I mean, I think, I think Chrysler is something I'm not at all interested in, but the, I, I have things, including the newest Charger, especially in the Rally package with all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. that is of interest to me. Um, Jeep, as it says in my bio and on my website, you know, on the my portion of the website, you know, I support Jeep, Subaru, and Volkswagen Group in equal measure, so you'll always get me to buy a Jeep. And mm-hmm. if I had to buy a truck, it would be a toss-up between a 1500 Ram and a Colorado, depending on how big a truck I needed. So on average, I think I would swipe right, but in order it would be left on Chrysler, right on Jeep, right on Ram, probably right on Dodge for one car. But I'm going to say on average, I would be swiping right on FCA with some concern about the length of the relationship. <laughs> I think, I think uh, you know, depending on what the Europeans decide to do with all these brands, there's an unsteady future. But with what they currently have available for me to buy, in general, I would swipe right. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Because here's here's the reason. FCA. Fiat in America is a stinker. Chrysler in America is bullshit. Then you just have the Alliance left. Those companies, Jeep and, and Ram, could be sold, apparently, to whoever happens to want them at the right price at any time. And that wouldn't necessarily change either of those brands. But If the buyer was smart. Hopefully. Hopefully they wouldn't yeah. change them. But... FCA as a whole, I would have to say no way because it doesn't seem like they have, maybe this is saying too much, it just doesn't seem like they have leadership to direct that company to a place where it's going to survive in its current or in any you know possible or likely future configuration as FCA. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's entirely fair. I think you know, FCA is the only one that I personally did average swipe right or left because all the gm ones we swipe right or left individually mm-hmm. so i guess yeah break it down if we, if we don't say on average can we look at it as just fca no because there are enough brands that we have to swipe right individually so sure. you know fiat no swipe left chrysler left dodge think about it for a while ram <laughs> ram and jeep swipe right i think if you got to break it down that way um we we didn't really even touch on dodge that much in this Gosh, discussion no. but i mean they they discontinued the Viper. They tried to bring the Dart back, and that no one bought the the reissued Dart. Well, secretly, it was just a Chrysler 200. That it was just was, a 200 that was, that was a problem. Badge. Well, and before that, isn't that based on something totally weird, like the Fiat Punto? Something. something like that. It's one of the more uninspiring Fiats yeah. underneath as well. So, you know, we so we touched a little bit more on Dodge there. We did somewhat give them their due. Um, I'm not even that big of a Jeep guy. I mean, a, a, a Wrangler with the doors off and the rag top is kind of cool to go banging around in every now and again, but I'm swiping left. I, I, swiping <laughs> I, left. You're, you're on your own. On you're, this looking, you're looking at me like I care. I thought I, I honestly expected some sort of impassioned defense there. No. I mean, maybe, you know what? Maybe I could do like a little one night. Little hookup, little fling with FCA, <laughs> little fling, uh, a fling with a demon. Yeah, fling with a demon, fling with a demon. <laughs> Shout out the Dodge hashtag fling with a demon. So for <laughs> so for Andrew, it sounds like FCA has a future in rental cars. Uh, well, if they're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even like a serious note, as an as an investor, 
or I'm not an if I you know a big investor head of an investment firm or just infinitely wealthy looking to place to put my money what's the plan like there's so much uncertainty there mm-hmm. why would I want to pour any sort of cash into it 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 I don't know I'm I'm steering clear of the FCA at this point yeah but just from a buying standpoint and we were we did pitch this kind of start this as that's you know, true how are they getting to our demographic and I think when you've got Jeeps you've got you know a relatively interesting family car like the charger and you've got you know trucks for professionals and people who need to tow light things i think that's changes it in a different light no do i have serious concerns about the financial future of the company oh absolutely um but i think would i buy some of their cars yes Hmm. you know maybe it's because we kind of approach it from the news side of things we're in this world a lot we read a lot of car news but for me, it's hard. it was hard to see that we started from the point of view of targeting our demographic because there's so much noise with FCA. It's almost impossible to tell that actually they are trying to sell these cars to us. Yeah. Yep. You don't ever think of that with Chrysler. You don't ever think of that with Fiat. You don't ever think of that with anyone but Jeep and a little bit of Dodge, too. Yeah, a little bit of Dodge. Yep. Yeah. So... We got time for thank yous, or we got to yeah. wrap up. Yeah, we can make it quick. Make it quick, Andrew. I got a great one. Who today, are you thanking? Today I'm thanking um, Sugar Scrub Lip Peels. I got one today. Buttery soft, bro. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> oh you. Say goodness. that again. My lips are very soft right now because I got a sugar lip peel. Huh? Just at home, did it myself. A little face mask action. Get my skin all nice. Okay. Toned it after. Okay. So you can come sit in a bedroom and record a podcast? Hey, don't hate on the only one who's married. I'm just saying. Uh, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan? Um, I would... I've been thinking about this for a while. Uh-oh. And I really think I have to thank Soft Soap Hand Soap. Um, because it doesn't smell like something terrible. It doesn't smell like something good. It smells like soap, and that's how soap should smell. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very fair. <laughs> there you go. This is there a cause go. I can get behind. What about you, Nick? Oh, who am I thanking today? I don't know. I don't got anybody to thank. Thank the fans, man. Well, yeah, obviously. I don't have anybody. Nick does it on his own. Thank. <laughs> but obviously we thank the fans. We thank um, everybody who tunes in, everybody who listens. Um, even if we suck, you guys are always awesome. Um, but we want to hear from you, so be sure to uh, find us on the socials. Check Engine Podcast on Facebook. Check at Check Engine Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Comment. Um, what do you think about the big three in the U.S.? Swipe and right, swipe and left. Um, you can also reach out to us by direct email. Our new direct email, um, either inbox at checkenginepodcast.com or either one of our names, Nick, Tristan, or Andrew at checkenginepodcast.com. Um, find us on Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, iTunes, and on Anchor.fm. And our new website, CheckEngine Podcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. See you.